Bismillah. All thanks and praise is due to God. We seek God's help and forgiveness. We seek refuge in God from the evil within ourselves and the consequences of our evil deeds. Whoever God guides will never be led astray, and whoever God leads astray will never find guidance. I bear witness that there is no God but the one God, alone, without partners. And I bear witness that Muhammad is God's servant and God's messenger. O ye who believe, be mindful of God, as is God's due, and make sure you devote yourselves to God to your dying moment. Quran 3102. Bismillah, O believers, keep your duty to Allah and fear God and always speak the truth. God will direct you to righteousness, righteous deeds, and will forgive you your sins. Whosoever obeys Allah and Allah's messenger has indeed achieved a great achievement. Quran 33:70-71. Prophet Muhammad, peace and blessings be upon him, said, seek knowledge from the cradle to the grave. Seek knowledge even in China. The prophet Isa, Jesus, peace and blessings be upon him, said, you shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. Assalamu alaikum, beloved believers. This Juma marks the second anniversary of the Women's Mosque of Los Angeles, well, of America, actually. Alhamdulillah, praise God. It is an honor and a privilege to be your katiba as we begin another year of praising Allah and uplifting one another for the betterment of the entire Ummah Muslim community. It is also a daunting challenge standing before you in this sacred place and praying for Allah's guidance and mercy upon my thoughts and my words and deeds, that my words will convey knowledge, truth, and above all, peace, the greatest of Allah's blessings. My kutbah today is about truth, standing on truth, stepping out in truth. We know that the opposite of truth is a lie, and that Satan is a liar and the father of lies. We know that peace is the most blessed of all gifts from Allah, and that the opposite of peace is chaos, and that Satan vowed before Allah to create chaos until the day of judgment. If we allow ourselves to be seduced by his lies, then we participate in spreading chaos among Allah's creation. We would be helping Satan rebel against Allah, and we are answerable to Allah on the day of judgment. I stand here before you today to say that I fear Allah. I fear the evil within me, and I fear my own weakness. I need Allah's mercy to strengthen me when truth needs to be told. And I need you as my sisters to help me should I wander away from the truth or fear telling the truth out of weakness or a lack of courage. On a personal note, 
When we were children, my parents encouraged us to learn about various religions and cultures. And as a result, it has been my lifelong belief that there is much beauty in all of them, that all true believers are seeking the one God who is eternally besought of all in the myriad ways that we understand. My parents taught us that there is only one God and that God's signs were all around us as proof of God's greatness. The sun, the moon, the stars, the flora and fauna, the changing seasons, how could I not embrace Islam once I read the Quran? And I was blessed to witness my sister make her shahada or her declaration of faith just two years before she returned to Allah. Alhamdulillah, may Allah be pleased with her. A wise man once said, religion is like a candle inside a multicolored lantern. Everyone looks through a particular color, but the candle is always there. Who knows why Allah makes one of us Christian or Jewish or Muslim or Buddhist or Baha'i or Zoroastrian or any other religion? In Quran 49, ayat 13, Allah says in translation, O mankind, we created you from a single pair of a male and a female and made you into nations and tribes so that you may know each other not that you may despise one another. Verily, the most honored of you in the sight of God is the one who is most righteous of you. And God has full knowledge and is well acquainted with all things. Amin. Allah wants us to acknowledge our differences and celebrate those differences. Ultimately, people of goodwill are seeking truth and that is the topic of this kutbah. Today, I want to share four concepts of Islam. Number one, when Allah wills anything, he simply says, be, and it comes into creation. Number two, on the day of judgment, we will stand before Allah, and our hearts, our deeds, will be measured against the weight of a feather, mayat. Number three, when we pray, our foreheads touch the ground in submission as our beloved prophet, peace and blessings be upon him, taught us. We say amin at the end of our prayers. Number four, the Holy Bible and Torah contain the Ten Commandments given on Mount Sinai to prophet Moses, peace and blessings be upon him. Islam embraces those Ten Commandments as well. We're all nominally familiar with them. I shall not kill, I shall not steal, or bear false witness, or covet what belongs to my neighbor, or curse God. Let me address this fourth point first. Islam is not new. It is the same message brought to humanity since the beginning. I have not slain man or woman. I have not stolen anyone's land. I have not falsely accused anyone. I have not committed adultery. I have not polluted the water. I have not cursed God. I have not used evil thoughts, words, or deeds. I have not closed my ears to truth. 
These sound common to all religions, correct? Beloved, these were extracted from the 42 negative confessions found on the temples of Kemet or ancient Egypt dating back at least 6,000 years. The concept of mayat, the weighing of our hearts, our deeds against the weight of a feather, of a law pronouncing B to bring whatever into creation, of physical submission in prayer, of saying amen or amin at the end of prayers, the immaculate conception as told in the story of Isis and Osiris, all these and more are part of the ancient religion of Kemet. This is the truth on which I stand. There is only one God and one message from the beginning of human life in East Africa. Why do I bring this to our Ummah, to our Muslim community? Because truth has been hidden to promote a Western agenda of culture. We have repeatedly heard that Western civilization began with the Greeks. That may be true, but where did the Greeks acquire the basis for their civilization? I quote from Herodotus, the famous Greek historian who lived about 450 BC. The names of nearly all the gods came to Greece from Egypt. I know from the inquiries I have made that they have come from abroad, and it seems most likely that it was from Egypt, for the names of all the gods have been known in Egypt from the beginning of time. I have the authority of the Egyptians themselves for this. These practices then, and others I will speak of later, were borrowed by the Greeks from Egypt. In referencing a contemporary culture that lived near the Black Sea, Herodotus stated, and I quote, as for me, I judge the Colchians to be a colony of the Egyptians because, like them, they are black with woolly hair. I stand on the truth. Count C.F. Volney, in his book, Ruins of Empire, reflected on ancient Kemet. And I quote, there a people now forgotten, discovered while others were yet barbarians, the elements of the arts and sciences, a race of men now rejected for their sable skin and frizzled hair, founded on the study of the laws of nature, those civil and religious systems which still govern the universe. Count Volney, wrote in 1798, 1789, right at the thick of the African Holocaust that demanded a way to dehumanize Africans, both East Africans and West Africans, in order to justify enslaving them. However, before that Holocaust began in earnest, Herodotus and numerous other historians of antiquity spoke of black Africans as the discoverers of the principles of mathematics, engineering, science, medicine, philosophy, and religion. I recommend a few important sources of information. Stolen Legacy, a book by George G.M. James, Black Athena by Martin Bernal, and The Papyrus of Ani translated from the hieroglyphics by E.A. Wallace Budge. And that is the one that documents the 42 negative confessions. 
that are found on the tombs of ancient Kemet, and it's been confirmed to be at least 2,000 years older than the Ten Commandments. I have not killed, I have not stolen, I have not given false witness. Am I saying that Islam somehow borrowed from those ancient African religious traditions? No. I am confirming what Islam has taught us, that there is only one God and one humanity, and that God brought guidance to God's creatures from the beginning of human life in East Africa. And God has sent successive prophets with the same message over and over because humankind continually lapsed and had to be reminded. What has all this got to do with the truth? I submit to you, my beloved sisters, that a concerted, deliberate agenda to discredit the history of Africa has deprived the world of truth. And that is the source of all the trauma we are presently experiencing. With the incredible rise of Islam, Muslims were credited with reviving the teachings of ancient Greece while Europe was still in the Dark Ages. But where did the Greeks learn? I stand on the truth of scholars who know unequivocally that the Greek scholars sojourned at the temples of Karnak and studied at the Kemetic or ancient Egyptian mystery system. I step out in the truth that many great accomplishments that have been attributed to the Greeks were in fact learned by the Greeks in Africa among those ancient people of sable skin and frizzled hair. The Hippocratic Oath taken by all doctors and attributed to the Greek Hippocrates was actually the Oath of Imhotep, the multigenius of ancient Egypt, um, ancient Kemet. The caduceus, the purported Greek symbol of medicine, was in fact the symbol of Imhotep. The mathematical Pythagorean theorem was in use in ancient Kemet 2,000 years before Pythagoras was born. And despite later times, the earliest religions of Kemet were the worship of one God because the earliest humans were found in East Africa. I submit that Allah surely taught his first creation, who later fell back into idolatry and polytheism. About 1330 BC, Pharaoh Akhenaten attempted to return the people to the worship of one God. But just as in the days of ignorance in Arabia before Islam, the various priests weren't having it because it interfered with their financial interests and in maintaining polytheism and idolatry. And like Satan, arrogance was a strong influence on those priests as well. After thousands of years, Kemet, ancient Egypt, collapsed as Pharaoh attempted to thwart the teachings once more of the one God, which was reintroduced by the prophet Moses. Peace and blessings be upon him. As Egypt collapsed, as history has shown that all civilizations collapsed under their own weight, Greece rose to prominence, Western civilization advanced, but the truth was hidden for one simple reason. Western civilization, those in power in the West, 
did not want to admit that Africans had built that incredible civilization that informed Greece. There was a concrete, concerted, tacit agreement among scholars to just begin with Greece. This scholarly framework was created and is called the Aryan model. It's mentioned in the book Black Athena that I uh, came. And it's a, Black Athena is a very heavy read, but it documents that entire scholarly movement to use the brilliant discoveries of Africa, but refuse to give credit where it is due. Ignoring the truth and adhering to the, the Aryan model has, I'm sorry, ignoring the truth and adhering to the Aryan model of scholarly research has earned many a Muslim a PhD. Colonialism has browbeaten Muslims into proving that they too have mastered the Aryan model. Many younger Muslim scholars now realize that they must develop a liberation theology that benefits Muslims rather than regurgitating their Western training or Aryan model. They recognize that a major portion of the upheaval in the Middle East is the result of their present neo-colonial state and that Muslims must find the truth that will make them free of the last vestiges of colonialism. That truth includes the acknowledgement of the obvious, that Africans have not been on the sidelines of civilization, but in fact created civilizations, that those civilizations benefited the entire world before the collapse of Kemet. With the past 500 years of brutal enslavement of African people, this society has come to the brink of genocide, and that is what has caused the Black Lives Matter movement. I submit to you that we, all of us, have an obligation to tell the truth. And I submit that we, as women, may well be the vanguard to right this wrong. Why? Because black lives matter. Black lives brought humanity, the pyramids, science, mathematics, engineering, the Sphinx. Historians of antiquity had no qualms about describing those monuments as the genius of Africans. I have a drawing of the great Sphinx that was done by Baron Vivant Denon before the nose was shot off on the orders of, of Napoleon in 1798. The features are unmistakably African. Consider with me for a moment. These great monuments are in Africa with African features. For those who choose to doubt that they were built by Africans representing African genius, please reconsider. It is inconceivable that any foreign nation would travel all the way to Africa, build such incredible monuments, then voluntarily return to their own lands and live in squalor and intellectual darkness for thousands of years. People don't do that. No, the pyramids and sphinx were built in Africa by Africans with traditional African features. As Egypt began to weaken, other nations invaded and took on the Egyptian cultural monuments as their own. 
and they plundered and removed thousands of Egyptian monuments to their home cultures. Witness the obelisk in Paris, the obelisk in Istanbul, which was originally built for Pharaoh Thutmose III around 1500 BC, but is now identified as the obelisk of Emperor Theodosius of 391 AD and also the Cleopatra's Needleopolis, which is in Central Park in New York City. My sisters in Islam, black lives matter. They mattered when ancient Kemet gave religion, science, math, medicine, architecture, and philosophy to the world. They mattered when Africans stood with the prophet Muhammad, peace and blessings be upon him, and declared, there is no God but the one God, and Muhammad is God's servant and God's messenger. They mattered when they built the Islamic University of Timbuktu, West Africa, which served as the Harvard or Oxford of the 14th century. Black lives mattered when approximately one-third of those African slaves brought into the West were Muslims who introduced Islam to this land. They mattered when they stood for freedom and fought in every war in this country, when an African was the first to die in the Revolutionary War. Black lives mattered when a freeborn young African girl discovered a plot to poison General George Washington and physically saved his life by throwing his dinner plate out a nearby window as he sat at the table to eat. They mattered when they taught this country how to inoculate against disease. They mattered when they designed Washington, D.C., invented the gas mask, discovered how to save lives by using blood plasma, and invented the street light, performed the first open heart surgery. And because we are here in this beautiful land, let's always honor the truth about the indigenous people those who speak of the Great Spirit. Native American lives matter. And black lives matter when a group of African American women, mathematicians at NASA, calculated the trajectories to send John Glenn into space and Alan Shepard to the moon and back. I repeat, a group of women were the reason for the success of the United States astronaut program. I submit, in order to save the world as Muslims, let's seek knowledge and tell the truth because the world cannot stand on untruths. Let's honor those who are now reviled. Let us acknowledge those ancient achievements to help erase racism and hatred toward Africans. We are all one humanity, one creation in submission to one God, and God has commanded us to tell the truth. This is the truth that I stand on. I step out in this truth. May we each seek truth and have the courage to step out in that truth. And may that truth help to overcome the racism that threatens to destroy this country and the world. I say what I have said. May God forgive all of us. Alhamdulillah.
All praise and thanks are due to God alone. Assalamu alaikum. I have stepped out in truth. Did I find the right words to convey my thoughts accurately? Will my khutbah be received with goodwill by my sisters in Islam? Will the ultimate message be one of peace? I ask Allah for his mercy and guidance in all things. Each of us is charged with the duty to tell the truth, and sometimes that can be difficult. As females, we can be culturally conditioned to be demure, nice, accommodating, to not raise anyone's hackles. At different times in history, females have been burned alive, had their feet mutilated to fit into beautiful three-inch silk shoes, and been subjected to all manner of abuse in times of war and in times of peace. All this has taught women to be passive, to devalue ourselves, to try to please, to try to not make waves. Let's ask ourselves if this benefits women, and if not, how do we change behaviors that do not benefit us? Another personal story. Several years ago, someone donated a movable acoustical partition to the local masjid, the kind that is used to create cubicles in many offices. The sisters had a meeting at which it was agreed that we did not want to be unable to see the imam. I personally am nearsighted, so I always go to the front of any venue, seeing as simply a part of how I understand a speaker. Lo and behold, the next Friday, someone had placed this partition to separate the women. I happened to arrive before any other sisters, made my two raka, and sat down. I was immediately confronted with the limitation to my understanding. I was staring at a black, gray, flannel, acoustical barrier. Another sister arrived shortly afterward and began to make her two raka. I realized that there would be no room to pivot the partition against the wall if just a few more sisters arrived. As an older woman, I realized I had a duty to the younger women and to myself. We had already decided that we did not want a partition, so I got up and pivoted the partition against the wall. Please understand, this was not an act of rebellion. I couldn't see. I wouldn't be able to hear effectively. The truth is that the women didn't want the partition, and so I remedied the situation. So not rebellion, just remedy. Of course, there was a community meeting to discuss just what had happened, but the partition did not remain in the masjid. Question, how do we tell the truth, maybe an inconvenient truth, knowing that the result may be ostracism by both men and women, or in some cases, very real physical danger. Let's consider some ways to obey Allah, who has enjoined truth upon Muslims. Courage is the tool that comes to mind. Courage and a love of truth. How can we build our courage to tell the truth? By doing. There is no other way. Or as my beloved mother would say, practice makes perfect. 
She had a platitude for every day of the week and every hour of the day. May Allah bless her in eternity. A few suggestions for stretching and strengthening our spiritual muscles in pursuit of truth. First of all, place Allah's commandment first foremost in our hearts and minds. We have all experienced the relief of having a positive result from telling the truth. Pray for guidance in our thoughts, words, and actions. Learn a new ayat or verse of Quran and offer to teach it to someone else. Read autobiographies and biographies of accomplished women for information and inspiration. Especially seek out the stories of those courageous women who struggled alongside our beloved prophet. Peace and blessings be upon him. I offer you the example of Sumaya bint Kaaba, wife of Yasir and mother of Amar ibn Yasir. They had been idol worshipers, but when their son Amar brought the teachings of the prophet Muhammad, peace and blessings be upon him, they both accepted Islam. Sumaya told the truth that there is only one God and Muhammad, peace and blessings be upon him, is God's servant and God's messenger. Samaya did this repeatedly under all manner of verbal and physical abuse and was finally martyred. Samaya, a woman, was the first martyr of Islam. And of course, her husband was martyred as well. Okay? The Prophet Muhammad, peace and blessings be upon him, revealed that as the first martyrs of Islam, Amar's parents were promised paradise. Ever after, our beloved prophet affectionately addressed Amar as Ibn Sumaya, son of Sumaya, to honor her memory and bring comfort to Amar in his grief. This woman's courage in telling the truth, even to the point of death, her example of speaking truth to power, is a blessing and an instruction for all of us. May Allah grant her the highest level of paradise. I mean, as a takeaway for today, could we each commit to research the life of this great lady, then write her story or write a poem to share with family or friends? Perhaps we could make a monthly activity to research one phenomenal woman and share her life story with family and friends in whatever creative manner we choose. Write down what you want to say to focus your thoughts, or if you need to tell the truth in an uncomfortable situation. Several months ago, I wrote a paper entitled, An Open Letter to the Immigrant Community, and sent it to an imam because I didn't feel I had fully expressed my concerns when we talked after his khutbah. I wrote it to help me clarify my concerns, and I'd like to share that letter with you at another time, inshallah. A few other things. Practice speaking aloud, standing 12 inches away from the corner of a room. You'll hear your voice the way others hear it. Read self-help books or books of daily affirmations. Ask another sister for advice or help in clarifying your ideas. We are one another's support. Try to find a point of genuine respect for others. Be kind but firm. Ask that person to help you understand their position. I'm not sure I understand. 
acquire a few phrases to redirect someone's objections and to calm your nervousness. I understand. Yes, I see. I hadn't thought about that. Now you know I'm going to tell you the truth. <laughs> and my personal favorite, when someone is being unnecessarily difficult and it's time to move on, okay. We can't win people over every time, but we can develop courage and skills to tell the truth with each practice. As Katiba Tasneem Noor said so beautifully in her kutba, breathe. Within that very breath is the wonder of Allah's creation, you. Allah loves you and may you uniquely you. God wants you to have a good life and to follow God's directive to tell the truth. Whom shall you fear when you are submitting to the will of Allah? God commands justice, doing good, and generosity towards relatives and God forgives, forbids what is shameful, blameworthy, and oppressive. God teaches you so that you may take heed. Amin. Wa kimna as-salah. Perform the prayer. <laughs>